Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Come on, how many of y'all ready for the Word of God as well? Come on, I'm excited for the Word of God. Here's the thing. I believe that the Holy Spirit has a word for you today. But here's the thing. How can you hear unless you open your ears to listen? So I just want you to say these words after me. Say these words. Say, Lord, I'm ready for a word. Speak to me today. So I'm ready for God to be able to speak to you today. I actually have the opportunity not to share the word, but actually to receive the word with you today. We have a great friend of mine that is going to be sharing the word of God today. He is a great man of God. He's been ministering before the people of the Lord for over 40 years. 40 years. He, not only that, but he's an athlete. He is a surfer. He is a snowboarder. Snowboarder. <laughs> I don't know what I was He's a snowboarder. So, trend the gnar and the powder at the same time. Him and his wife, Bernie, are a part of C3 global phenomenal movement that we also have the opportunity to be a part of they have three amazing kids that are serving the lord and seven incredible grandkids and so the opportunity i want to be able to take a moment to introduce my friend so would you all be able to be expecting today stand on your feet and let's put our hands together all the way from the northern beaches of sydney australians would you help welcome up pastor mark kelsey Wow. Good morning. How you doing, Omaha? Oh my gosh, who loves your pastors? Come on. We love you, Pastor Eli and Kelly. Uh, and we, the more we get to know them, the more we really love them. And you got to understand, I mean, I know you know this, but just coming in from the, from the outside and really as part of the movement, uh, your pastors are, first of all, they're godly, they're integrous, they're the real deal, they're authentic. Uh, they actually really, really love you guys. Uh, and they are exceptional pastors and leaders and have such a heart for you. And uh, you are very, of all the people in the world to be in any church, you are indeed very, very blessed. So come on, give it up for your pastors. We love you guys. Where did Eli go? He's gone. And uh, come on, give it up for these guys. Really, really good. And uh, it is a joy for Bernie and I to be here. And uh, we've never been to Omaha before, never been to Midwest before. And uh, just as I was waiting there, I was thinking, you know, this, I know, I think this is the heartland of America, right? This is, this is, I, we looked it up, I looked it up on a map and I know you know this, I'm the outsider here, but this, this is the very, the dead, the live center of uh, <laughs> the very heart of America. I mean, I don't think you get more geographically central than right now, but just as we were worshiping then and we were worshiping all morning, and like, uh, I, by the way, the worship in this house is just like, it's off the Richter scale. Like, I mean, it's the team, but it's also your hearts, you know, like, I mean, they're, they're only leading what's as willing to be led, you know, and uh, I shouldn't be surprised. I shouldn't be surprised, but. I'm surprised. 
And when you come into a house and, and, and feel God's presence and feel the hunger and the passion and the fire and the heart for worship, that to me, to us, really encourages us. I'm like, this place is ready to rock, you know, like best days are ahead for you guys, greatest thing, and forget what lies behind. Reach forward to what lies ahead. I mean, I see this house and whatever future buildings you have just jam-packed. And I know there's stuff happening in Asbury, and that's awesome. And that's an indication of something that's like some fires across. Thank God we need need stuff like that, right? Like, God help us. I mean, we don't need more religion, but we need more Holy Spirit. And there's such a passion in your leaders about the Holy Spirit. And and it's here in this place. It's like, I'm I'm inspired, I'm encouraged, and, and I know... And people talk about the coastal cities and the big cities, what have you. But I'm telling you, right here, smack bang in the middle of America, wouldn't it be awesome if it just went that way and that way and that way? And, you know, people were talking about Asbury, but how about they start talking about Omaha, you know, like Nebraska and, and what God is doing and that God is, God's on the move. He's doing something. And if, you, if you've got an open heart and a willing spirit and a submitted spirit to God, anything can happen. And I know you have that as an individual, but as a community, to be open to what God wants, to be, to be flowing with where your team is taking you and what God is doing in this place. You know, in the early days, we, Bernie and I, we've been, you know, over 40 years of ministry. That's crazy. I felt really old when you said that. Uh, that's because I am. <laughs> but we... we we rocked up to a little church. C3 started in Sydney, in the northern beaches. So I'll, I'll get you sitting in a minute. Is that okay? Um, and it was just 12 people. With a, a pastor with a bit of a vision. It's amazing what can happen in little things. Big seed. Sorry, little seed, but big potential. And it was just a, a young couple. And we were young. And not so much. We've married 44 years this year. You know. So... But we've been married six months then and had no kids. Now we've got three married kids and seven grandkids and all the kids are in church and following God and what have you. But that didn't exist back then. It was just a, a bunch of us, young surfies and university students in this tiny little church in a little Catholic school hall. You know, there were, it was just tiny. And God began to do stuff. Things began to take place and that began to... And, but it was just a small, big vision in a small place. And God can, can do stuff. And, 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 it, and, it, and it began to grow. We had no concept of what was going to happen. No, no dream of that. But when, when God, God gets on the inside of you, things be, can begin to happen. And expansion began to take place. Multiplication began to take place. And we didn't know what we were doing. We, we were just young. We weren't leaders. We weren't ministers. We weren't. You know, we, we didn't see ourselves from that perspective. We were just young, and it was all just hungry young people. And I sense the same thing in here. Now, and, and you might say, well, some of you in here may not be that young. Well, that's okay. It's, you're youthful. And, and, and you're, you're keen for what God wants. And, and he can do anything in the midst of people who are hungry. And, and God begins to do stuff. And we start to grow in leadership and take responsibility for things and started running groups and things and we began to grow and and but things things start little and God begins to do stuff that's supernatural 
And then expansion begins to take place. I see this place not just, I see it healthy. I see it growing. I see it multiplying. I see the impact of that. And the new day is about to begin in this place. And who wants to be part of that, right? Why don't you just lift your hands, lift your hands before God. God, I thank you for this house. I thank you for the pastor. Thank you for every team member. Thank you for every member. I thank you for every maybe new person today. Never been in this place. And I thank you, Lord, that the, the beginnings of a new vision for the future would go into the hearts and the heart of this community. Vision for Omaha and beyond. I see leaders multiplying. I see hundreds and hundreds of leaders, fruitful leaders. I see callings and ministries being birthed. God has not called you to be a pew sitter. He has called you to be a fruitful leader and minister. Every single one of you. There's no exceptions. There's no separation of ministry and people. No, we're all ministers. God is is equipping every single one of you. We empower you and release you into all the calling that God has for you. And then together, what can happen in this community is phenomenal. God, I pray you release that anointing, that anointing upon this congregation, for the future, for the impact upon this city, the, the very name of this church, my city, means the vision is beyond the local, beyond just what happens in meetings. It means it's a, a heart for this community. And God, I pray your power, your presence, the Holy Spirit fill this place in Jesus' name. And everyone said, can we give the Lord a huge hand and a big shout? Oh my gosh. Give the band a hand. Come on. They're great. You may be seated. God bless. Thank you. I can't believe the production in this place. And, the, and all this happens on, on a, on a, on a bump-in venue, like... It's like crazy. Give all the, all the guys and the team, the girls, the team who but like bump in. They're here from 4.45 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. That's huge, isn't it? That's huge. And uh, so, you know, this morning we're talking about, I want to talk about two bodies of water and talk about the river. I want to talk about the sea, the merging of two, these two bodies of water. The river is God's presence. The river is God's anointing. Am I allowed over here? Is that all right? Can you see me? Who can understand me this morning? It's good. It's so funny. My saying my name, it's like my name is, in Australia I say Mark. And people, even in America, people go, Mark, Mac, Mick, Mike. So, so I got to learn to say Mark. <laughs> Did that sound okay? I was, sharing the, I was sharing the first service. We lived in New York for... We, we planted the first C3 church in the States in 1989. Many of you weren't even alive then, you know. And, and we, we transferred from Sydney, Australia, the northern beaches to New York. And we, we you know, felt that call and, and we're the first C3 church in the US. And we rocked up there. We, we bought a car in California and drove across America. And with three young children in the back seat. I, I thought it was a good idea at the time, but trust me, it was not a good idea. Although we did see America, which is great, and we loved it. And we, we landed in New York and, and got, we planted this church. I don't know why I was saying that. I was going somewhere with that. 
Oh, the accent. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. And so when we arrived in New York, I started to learn, learn how to speak New York, you know, and, and I've got this theory about, about accents and, and particularly American in the South, particularly in Texas, they got lots of room. So because they've got lots of space, they, they speak their very wide, like, praise God. You know, it's like, there's lots of room. But in New York, there's not much room. So it's like, yeah, how are you doing? You know, like, uh, everything's squashed, you know, like, hey. And uh, so I, we had this guy in, the, uh, in our church who was from the Bronx, and he used to teach me how to speak New York, you know. And he said, hey, hey Pastor Mark, it's like this, a 33 and a third, you know, like, <laughs> And, and, I, and with New York, you just add a W to everything. So it's not coffee, it's coffee. It's coffee. In the morning, I, t- I have my coffee and I take my dog for a walk. You know, like, are you talking to me? You're talking to me? Anyway, and, and you got to have fun, right? you got to have fun. Church has got to be fun. This church is fun. When, when, when Dylan got up when Dylan, and started singing that crazy song about the water is wild and there's a rap section in the middle, I'm like, this is, this is my sort of church, you know, it's like, oh my, ha ha, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I wonder where that came from, you know. The river, God's presence is here. I mean, the, the, the presence of God is not this like religious experience. The presence of God is life. It's fun, it's joy, it's hope, it's, and, and it's serious, it's healing and I mean, 69 requests for prayer for family. I mean, that's the thing. There's hurting lives out there, but there's so much mess in the world. But if any place needs to be healing and life and fun and joy and hope, it's the, it's the house of God, right? That, that's the deal. I love Psalm. Psalm 27 is great. I don't know whether they've got that on the, on the thing there. That was a, sort of came out of nowhere. Psalm 27, I love this. This is one thing I ask of the Lord. This only do I seek. I think we need to be people of the one thing, the one thing. I mean, David had a passion. It's interesting that one of the things I believe, there's the one thing and there's the first thing. In Psalm 27, is the one thing, and the Gospels is the first thing. It said the first thing Andrew did was go and tell his brother about Jesus. Because once we get the one thing, we get, discover the first thing. We discover the thing. that, that So you, we, we experience that. And it says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Watch to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. To seek him in his temple. That's what we've been doing this morning. For in the day of trouble, the key word in this whole scripture is the first word of verse 5, 4. There's got to be a reason. Some people do church because, well, they just it's a religious exercise. It's a routine. But no, we have to discover the four. The four of God is four. In the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. And, and it doesn't say if the day of trouble, there will be days of trouble. There will be stuff happen. I mean, 2018, our young daughter, who's, who's now 36, turned 36 today, and she's got three girls. When she was 30, she had three girls as well. When she was 30, she was diagnosed with colorectal cancer as a 30-year-old. And we, we found out, and, and it was just probably one of the worst days of Bernie's in my life. And, and then a few months after that, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, really bad, a bad case of that. And so day of trouble comes, but it's what, what's around your life when those days of trouble come? What, what have you invested in? What have you immersed your life into? As we were just dedicated to the house of God, there was prayer, there was faith, there was strength, there was hope, there was community, all these things. Did we get healed miraculously? No. Did we get through it? Yes. 
my, our daughter now is, is fully five years clear and, and healthy now, which is awesome. And then she's alive and strong and healed. And, and, and so am I, by the way. You can, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm healed now. Come on. Hey? <laughs> and, and so, and I just lived out of Psalm 103. I, every, every morning, I'd, I, that's not in the scriptures, by the way. Not in the scriptures. It is in the scriptures. It's not on the, on the list. But Psalm 103, it says, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul. Let all that is within me bless his holy name. I used to get up every morning because I had prostate cancer. And I used to say, cancer, you've got to bless the Lord. It says, all that is within me bless his holy name. So I said, command that cancer. You've got to bless. You've got to bow your knees to the, to the God. Bless his holy name. Who forgives all my sins. That's good news. Who heals all my diseases. Who redeems my life from the pit. Crowns me with goodness and everlasting things. And I love the last bit. And renews my youth like the eagle. Now, that doesn't relate to pretty well any of you right now, but it relates to me because I'm the oldest guy in the room. So God wants to renew. But the thing is, what gets you through, it's as, we, as we embed our lives in God's house, as we embed our lives in the, in the community of God's presence, then the, the river continues to flow in our lives. Not on, a, not on a once a year basis, but every day that river is flowing in our hearts and, and blessing our lives. It's good. Oh, come on. Give the Lord a hand. He is good. He is good. One of the best examples, I think, is reading about the life of Jesus. We look at Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. And it says there, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. I love the fact that Jesus was found in the house of God every weekend. That he himself, the very Christ, the Messiah himself, as was a, as a custom, found himself in God's house and, and what have you. And, and then it goes on, and it says, uh, He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. In the house, as we get... In the house of God, things are handed to you. That vision is handed to you. Hope is handed to you. Scripture is handed to you. I'm amazed every major season in our lives has really had its genesis in something that's taken place in the house of God. Even the, the, even the call to, to go to New York was, took place in a church in a service like this. And Pastor Phil said one day, he just said, we're going to plant a church in New York one day. And that that... That vision, that, that sound just literally flew off the stage, ran across the floor and, and just hit Bernie and I. I'm like, we saw ourselves immediately. I, saw my, I had a vision of us getting off a plane in New York with our three kids, never been to America, never been to New York. And then God did that. It was like God has glimpses of your future that are found in God's community. And if we, if we embed our lives in the house of God, then things are handed to you. I mean, what, what would be handed to you this morning? What could come your way this morning? Maybe it's a friendship that's going to shape the rest of your life. Maybe it's a partner that you meet and it's going to be, you're going to be together. Maybe it's a, a, a sense of the future that God has for your life. God has, wants to hand things to you in the house of God. And then it goes on. It says, unrolling it. The scripture is handed to us in the, in the church but it's our job to unroll it. It's our, our job to unpack it. 
It's our job, as, I, as, I'm, as I'm handing this to you this morning, I, I trust in your heart that you begin to unpack it and unroll it so it means something to you. And then Jesus read this scripture, ironically or interestingly, about himself. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Say this after me. I am anointed. Say this, the spirit of God is on me. What's on you this morning? Oh, I like that. <laughs> I love a church that talks back to me. This is, what's on you this morning? Gosh, I've never ha- that's never happened to me in this message. So in, in, I always ask people, what's on you? Like one time Bernie and I were in Amsterdam and we got into this elevator and this gentleman got in the elevator with us and the spirit of anger was on him. He didn't say anything, but there was such darkness and anger. It was like, freaked me out. I mean, there are all sorts of things on people's lives. There's anger. When you meet people, there's depression on them. There's anxiety on them. There's fear on them. Guess what's on you? Spirit of God is on you. Spirit of God is on you. Spirit of God is on you. And with that comes God's anointing. And then it says, what for? To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. The gospel is all about freedom. The gospel is all about freedom. Say freedom. Say it like Aretha Franklin, freedom. <laughs> Some of you are going, who's Aretha Franklin? <laughs> Greatest gospel singer in, in, in history. Recover your sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I love that. And this is, then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Imagine being in that place at that time. And as he says this, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That scripture was written 700 years earlier. 700 years. And every day that scripture was waiting to be fulfilled, but it got fulfilled that day. Because scripture is not just meant to be written and read. It's meant to be written, read, and fulfilled. It's meant to, be, it's meant to become incarnate. Alive. The word is meant to be because Jesus was the word incarnate, yet the word of God is also meant to live in us and become flesh in us so that we have faith is alive and hope is alive and joy is alive, love is alive on the inside of us. We are meant to be literally this, the word of God living in us as we take it out to the community after this service and embody that into the community that we're part of. It's meant to be incarnate. And, and the spirit of God wants to do that in our hearts. It's interesting that, that this moment was probably one of the most significant moments in human history. At that point, Jesus declared the gospel. He declared the mission. He said, Spirit of God. At that point, it was like heaven was ringing the bell going, it now begins. The reason life exists and, and the, the answer to life existed and started at that very point. That moment was significant. And yet it didn't just happen out of nowhere. There was a preparation. God was preparing Jesus for that moment. Just the, ne- the, the, the chapter beforehand just said Jesus was baptized. He went into the river. I say the river. He went, even Jesus needs to go into the river. And he got baptized. And it says the heavens open. I love that. It says a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. It's interesting, the two things we need, two things that Jesus needs, two things that we need, is the acceptance of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit. We need both. We need both. 
We need, we need to know the acceptance of the Father and we need to know the power of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed both those things, how much more do we need those things? And then it says, as he came out of the waters, out of the river, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit himself led Jesus into the wilderness. He went from the water to the wilderness. He entered the wilderness, it says, Filled with the Spirit. If you're going to enter a trial, enter the trial filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the river. That's why we need the house of God, so that we are constantly filled with the presence of God. Because will trial come? Yes. We need now for Monday. We need, we need this for tomorrow. Because so, we don't know what tomorrow brings. We have no idea what tomorrow's going to bring. But I'm telling you, we're going to enter tomorrow filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And then it says, he entered the wilderness, filled the Holy Spirit. But it says he left the wilderness empowered by the Spirit. Because what you're immersed in, the river, fills you. But what you walk through empowers you. Half the time as believers, we're trying to get out of the very place that God has designed to grow us. And like, God, help me out of this. Help me out of this. No, no, no. God says, no, go through that. But go through it filled with the Holy Spirit. And I will empower you. I'll, you'll come out the other side. I know probably everyone here is stronger than they were this time last year. Why? Because you've walked through things and you've done it with God. Give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hand. Well done. I know there's a great passage of Scripture over in Ezekiel that I know you've been, been taught out of and your pastor has been leading you and teaching you out of this. It's one of my favorite passages. Ezekiel chapter 47 and verse 1 says this. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming down from the threshold of the temple towards the east. Right now, right now there's a river pouring out of the throne of God. And the, the, the Ezekiel was led. Where was he led? Back to the entrance. What is the entrance? It's back to the door. It's back to Jesus. God often wants us to go back so we can go forward. We've got to keep going back to the source what is the source? Jesus. We've got to keep going back to that source, back to the place, back to the entrance, back to Jesus. There's a revival. You know the thing that's happening in Asbury? It's the entrance again. It's people going back to the basics. It's not flashy. There's really probably nobody even speaking, but people are open to the presence of God and to the love of Jesus, and there's a, there's a move of God happening, but that can happen in our hearts right now. In this place, let's go back to the entrance. If you if you need if you're confused, go back to the entrance. Go back to Jesus again, and then then it begins to describe this river. And by the way, it's it's metaphorical, but it's there is a spiritual river pouring out of the throne of God even as we speak. And if we would just be open to that and aware of that, then something of the life of God that river will be accessible into our hearts. And, and this river, and it begins to describe this river in various depths, ankle, knee, waist, and eventually swimming in it. And I believe God, that's like a, a sign, and it's like a symbol of us growing in the things of God. God doesn't just want us knowing God. He wants us growing in God. He wants us going deeper into the things of God. And so ankle depth Christianity, I call it experiential Christianity. It's like we're coming to God, and I know for us, we first joined the church, in Sydney, we came from a, 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 a denominational background, and so the whole thing of raising hands and 
demonstrative worship wasn't part of our background. And so experiential Christianities would come into the house of God. Like, and we started to experience God, like actually feel God. And I remember we came into this church, as I said before, it was, it was young, it was small, it was so tiny, and people were raising their hands. I'm like, wow, this is new and interesting and different. And so, so I, felt, I felt very self-conscious. I'd feel like I, I couldn't do that. I felt like I'd be, you know, like being too obvious and too out there. But I remember the, the Sunday I launched. I'm like, I'm going to launch this Sunday. I'm just going to go for it in my worship. I'm just going to give it. This is what I did. When in worship, I went like this. I'm like, I'm out there. I am out there. I'm like, oh. And I felt like everybody's looking at me. Look at that wild guy there. Like, and then the next week, uh, uh, and after a few weeks, ah! Uh, but God, and I begin to, and the more I, when I lift my hands, my heart opened up. Because the physical represents what's happening in the spiritual. And an opening to God, oh, it was amazing. God wants you to experience it. But there's, but wait, there's more. He wants you not just go from ex- experiential Christianity. He wants you to go to knee depth. So if you're, if you're at ankle depth in the church right now, that's awesome. But like, come in deeper. Come in deeper. Come in. Come in. Come in deeper. Knee depth. Back in Sydney, I do a bit of training in the water in the ocean, and I can feel, we can feel the currents as we're wading through this water. The wave will come out. Whoa. Well, the Holy Spirit is the same. He wants to actually, unless you come in at that level, the Holy Spirit can't guide you. This is directional Christianity. Like, where does God want you to live? What church does he want you to go to? What's your profession? What's your career? What's your calling? God has a river at that depth that wants to guide you into his will. And who knows the will of God is better than your will? And, and, and that, that submitted open heart to God, guide me. God guided us in this church. He guided us as a marriage. He guided us. God wants to guide you, guide you into housing and buying and selling and marketplace. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you. But we've got to come deep enough in the river to be, to be open to the currents of God's presence. Amen? But wait, there's more. Waste depth. This is crazy. This is like a waste depth. In the Bible, this level of your body is called your loins. Everybody say loin. <laughs> crazy word. God wants you experiencing the Holy Spirit. The loins represent who you are, your soul, your character, your heart. God wants, I call this transformational Christianity. God doesn't just want to, you would experience him or to guide you. He wants to change you. God wants us to grow in him and to be more Christ-like, to live out for God. Because it's not just our knowledge, it's not just our theology, it's actually the actual change on the inside of our lives, transformational Christianity. The whole of the New Testament, don't get me started on the New Testament message of transformation. 2 Corinthians 13, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is removed and we just behold Jesus like a face-to-face and we are transformed from glory to glory, strength, to strength. God wants us being transformed, which is awesome. Do you agree with that? But wait, there's more. He says, come on all the way. Come all the way. Come into a place where you can't stand, where you're not guiding anything. The river is taking you. 
into a direction. I call it scary Christianity. You could call it real Christianity. <laughs> you could call it missional Christianity. When, when does the church become missional? When it's deep enough that it's flowing fully with the river of God. Years ago, I was studying at Sydney University. I was a social work student studying at Sydney University. And one of the fellow students was a young man who was not a Christian. I was the only Christian in my year at Sydney University. And in the social work department, which is not a... Anyway, moving right along. And he, he was an atheist and socialist. And he hated Christians with a passion. And we became friends. Jesus was a friend of sinners. So there's a difference between we're not meant to be friends of the world, we're meant to be friends of sinners. There's a difference. And so we became friends. Just friends. And we started chatting and stuff. And I, God put him on my heart because God gives you people on your heart. So I started praying for him. And then we both graduated. Guess what? We both got a job together in the same government agency after university, and his desk was right next to mine. After five years of study, I'm like, okay, great. I'll keep praying for him. So I started praying for him, and then one day, his name was Peter. One day, Peter came up to me and said, Mark, can you give me a lift home uh, because my car's in the shop? I said, no problem. I'm like, awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> Like, and because I thought, I've been praying for him for years. And suddenly he's captive audience in the car for 30 minutes. Get in the car. He says to me, Mark, what did you do on the weekend? This is so good. I said, I went to church. Then he says, tell me about church. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I did. I gave it to him. Genesis to Revelation and back again. 15 minutes. Gave him the gospel. At the end of 15 minutes, he said to me, are you finished? I went, yeah. He said, do you want to know what I think? In my head, I thought, not really. So I said, yeah, okay. So he gave me his gospel, his socialist gospel. He even quoted scripture. It was brilliant. It was better than me. And the end of the ride, he wasn't a Christian, and I was now a socialist. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I went home. Nothing, nothing happened. I went home. I was actually really discouraged. And I said to Bernie, I gave Peter a lift home. Bernie said, what happened? I said, nothing. <laughs> I'm converted to socialism because <laughs> he was very clever. He was way cleverer than me. Way smarter than me. He topped Sydney University academically. So I prayed. Who knows that's always a good thing. And I, and I repented. I said, Lord, what happened? Been praying for him for years. Here's the opportunity. Nothing happened. He said, Mark, who knows that those prayers get answered really quickly? He said, Mark, you tried to be incredible, but you're not. I'm like, oh, ouch. He says, just be credible. He said, I'll be incredible. You just be credible. 
Went back to work. About a month later, I get a, my boss comes into my, well, I didn't have an office, my desk, and said, can you come into my office? Now, my boss was an amazing woman. She was one of the top psychologists in the nation, but also an atheist and also a socialist. And she, uh, but she liked me. Came into her office, and I thought I was going to get rebuked for something. I don't know what was happening. Guess what? Peter was there sitting in the corner on a couch. And my boss, remember, she's not a Christian. She said to me, Pete's going through a really tough time. His marriage has fallen apart. He's not doing well. We can't help him, but we feel like you can. Now, I don't know what, to, now I'm not, I got no incredible words. I got no message. I got no scriptures. So I just said the first thing that came into my mouth. I said, great, just move in with us. So I invited him to live with us because he had nowhere to stay. And then I called Bernie. <laughs> Probably not good to get it in that order, but anyway. I said, I said, Bernie, do you want the good news or the bad news? Good news is something happening for Peter. The bad news is he's moving in this afternoon. And Bernie was amazing. Give it that for my beautiful wife, you know. She said, awesome. And we just had, Josh was like, what, six months old? He was just born, newborn, first son. He moved in. Pete actually sat us down in our house and said, look, I know you're into this Christian thing and church thing. He said, I don't want anything to do with it. Thank you for having me in your home. I don't want anything to do with it. And we said, that's fine. So he just came and lived with us. Had a little room down the end of this corridor. He just lived and we just loved him, looked after him. After about a couple of months, we because we what we didn't tell him is that every Wednesday night we had connect group and every Friday night we had youth group in our in our house. But we'd shut the door and make sure that his privacy was respected. After a couple of months, we noticed the door was open down the hall. And we're like, so we go and shut it because we'd be saying him and carrying on as Christians, whatever. And then we go shut it, and then it was open again. We shut it and open again. Like we found out later that that the worship was just healing his soul, just restoring stuff. Anyway, after another couple of months, he came up to me and said, Mark, you know that church you go to? I said, yeah. He says, can I come on Sunday? I said, no. You gave me a hard time in the car. You know, like, no, I said, come, come on Sunday. And he sat there. Pastor Phil preached. And he said, the end of the message came. And there was an, an opportunity for people to receive Christ. And he said he did not want to put his hand up. He said his hand just went, and he came forward, gave his life to Christ. Here's the interesting thing. The river, the further away from the throne, the river gets deeper. Because the sea, the the purpose of the river is not the river. The purpose of the river is the sea. The sea has lost humanity. And we think that the filling of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, the revival of the Spirit is close to the throne. No, it's further away from the throne. You've got to start with the throne. But the further you away from the throne you become, the deeper the river gets. Acts 1.8 says this. You should, when, go and wait in Jerusalem. There's Jesus. The last words of Jesus on earth. Last words. The last thing that came out of his mouth. It says, when you get filled with the Spirit, go and get filled with the Spirit. 
and I'll, you become my witnesses. Watch this. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It gets wider, deeper, deeper, wider, wider. It's the purpose of the Spirit is not to be filled with the Spirit. The purpose of the Spirit is that we would become witnesses of God and His power and love. And the further away, and like Jerusalem is your, your immediate life, family. My sister led me to Christ. She led my brother to Christ. We led our mum to Christ. My brother and I baptized my mum in the Pacific Ocean. It was an awesome day. Baptized her. Held down the vessel. Held it down a little too long. Let's <laughs> go back to but then, but then Judea is the people you meet tomorrow. Judea is, Judea is the, 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 the cafe owner, the restaurant owner. Back in Sydney, when we moved back from New York, our, our daughter's soccer coach was this guy called Larry. And we just chatted on the side of the field for ages. We swapped jokes and we laughed. After about halfway through the season, he came up to me and says, I hear you're a pastor. I said, I am. He says, you don't look like a pastor. I said, thank you. And I didn't say any more. And then a month later, I'm driving home from church Sunday morning. And I say, and I, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, invite Larry to church. His name is Larry. So I called Larry and said, will you be my guest tonight at church? And he said, I thought you'd never ask. I love that. Came to church, never been to church in his life, ever. And he, I don't know what he expected, but it wasn't what he saw. And he came, and after a few weeks, he came for five weeks in a row. On the fifth week, I said to Larry, Larry, tonight, tonight's your night. And he goes, wow. Because he, every time he's, he kept on saying, wow, the whole time. Like, wow. And I say, Larry, this is a bit weird part of the service. People raise their hands. He says, no, wow, it's awesome. People are being prayed for, a couple people falling over. I said, it's a bit strange. He says, no, it's awesome. Anyway, at the end, I said, Larry, come forward. We're sitting in the front row, standing in the front row. So we stepped forward, and he received Christ. The power of God touched him. Do you know, the following Sunday, he invited nine of the soccer team, and seven of them met Christ. There's a, there's a river. Everybody say, there's a river. There's a river. The further away from the throne, the deeper the river gets. And then Samaria. Samaria is the people you don't like. Isn't it interesting that Jesus put that word in there? The people who are not like us, the people who are ideologically opposed to us, the people who, who whatever, that's the, the, the Holy Spirit. We're called to impact them. And that was Peter, my friend. He hated Christians, but God put him in my heart. So this Sunday morning, he came forward, received Christ. He got sovereignly filled with the Holy Spirit that afternoon. He came back from the beach on a walk and said, Mark, I said, I was walking on the beach and suddenly this new language came out of my mouth. What is that? I said, oh my gosh, what's going on? Six months later, he became a connect group leader. 18 months later, he became a full-time pastor. Three years after that, he planted a church in another city in Australia. And now he runs one of the biggest churches in Australia. Where'd that come from? Because here's the deal. I tried to share the gospel with him. Didn't work. In fact, he opposed it because it became ideology versus ideology. It wasn't until I didn't share the gospel with him, showed the gospel, 
The gospel is meant to be shown. Meant to be a witness is, is, is you show it. And if you've got the river deep in, if, you, if you're deep in that river, the life of God is just pouring out of you and you'll know what to do, what to say. I'm telling you, Omaha is ready for a move of God. And it isn't just people coming to a meeting, it is that. But it's your life impacting those people out there. When we leave this service, you know, the script, Ezekiel says, Ezekiel 47 says, wherever the river meets the sea, there everything lives. There. Everybody say there. Where the junction of the river to the sea. There's the river, there's the sea. At that point of junction, junction life is. We think life is all about the move of God at the throne. No, no, the, the, the true life is the impact of my life with someone else's. At that point, at that juncture. By the way, that's messy. That's the wild, wild water. I've seen rivers enter seas and it's turbulent and it's messy and there's sharks in there. <laughs> True story. The sharks love the fresh water. and it's, it's, it's all messy in that spot. But that's where we're meant to live, on that edge. That's where the Holy Spirit counts. That's where we need the power of God. Why don't we stand to our feet right now? Sorry, I've gone a couple of minutes over. I apologize, Pastor. You do it every week? Well, in that case, I'll keep preaching. You know? <laughs> Can we give Jesus a hand right now and just thank Him? Come on, give Him a shout and praise Him. I tell you, God is moving in this church. Lift your hands right now. This time, lift your hands right up into the presence of God. Like there's a river above you. Let that river touch the tips of your fingers. And let the river of God pour out upon you. God wants to increase that life flowing through you. Why? So in a few minutes, you can go out and a second church service is about to start. I've been, keep your hands raised. <laughs> I've been attending two churches all these years. I have to, I've got a little confession to make. I've been attending two churches. I've been double timing. I've been attending the gathered church, but I've also been attending the scattered church. You are just about to go into another church service called the scattered church. This one's one hour. The next one's 167 hours. The rest of the week. Guess who the pastor is? You are. You're the ministers out there. And you need the river now so that when you meet the sea, fish will come alive. Thank you, Jesus, for this, for this great church. This is a great church. This is a great church. This is great people. This has got great leaders. This has got a great future. And we declare your goodness. Let the river flow into every heart, every mind, every life. Even those that are in torment right now, those that are struggling with family issues, those that are struggling with sickness. On your worst day, there's a river flowing through. God's life flows out into the people you meet. To Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, dare I say to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name, touch this great place. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, let's get wild on the river right now. Come on, church. Come on. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. 
And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.